0: This is Dardanelle Towers, the secret diary of an Australian high-rise. Episode 2, Gimme Shelter. The trade war between America and China has cast its shadow over Dardanelle Towers. There have been several arrivals to and departures from the block in recent weeks, as overseas financial types have been recalled to wherever they came from. Meanwhile, locals working abroad have been dragged back here. Mrs. Alexander, a.k.a. the All-Seeing Eye, reported that a substantial number of pornographic magazines had been left near the recycling bins. Her theory is that this is due to the return of several single men to countries where possession of such publications can result in imprisonment. Or even death, I tell you, said Lady Luckby, who has seen Midnight Express seventeen times. Mrs A reckoned that it would be a waste just to bin the magazines, and wondered if there was a charity that might recycle them. Various lewd suggestions were made including St. Vincent de Porn and Worse Vision. Uh, Miss Tran, could you make sure that uh, we don't pour the wine until after any other business? said Bernard, our chairman. Well, you know, I'm sure I could find somewhere uh, appropriate to uh, store them, said Dr. MacDonald. Of course, uh, there's no chances of me uh, catching sight of any images of naked chaps, are there? Oh, leave this, leave it with me. Oh, give me a couple of days. Ah, oh, mate, those magazines are long gone, said Mr. Wilson, the caretaker. They disappeared round about the time those plumbers that were putting the jacuzzi into 511 uh, knocked off for the night. Mrs. Alexander said she didn't recall 511 having sought or received permission for a jacuzzi. Mr. Wilson went very quiet. produced a tattered envelope from his shirt pocket and began muttering to himself while reading it closely. Bernard pointed out that we have three ongoing cases against the owner of apartment 511 at the Supreme Court. The chances of this particular resident seeking permission for anything less than a helicopter pad extension to his balcony were slimmer than a 7-eleven workers pay packet. Jonathan, from 708, then suggested that we should have a nuclear winter financial plan. We all looked at him, inviting a clue to what he was talking about. If a full-blown trade war breaks out between China and the USA, many people with large mortgages might lose their jobs, he said. That could lead to levies not being paid, and the building, in turn, might not be able to pay its bills. We need to increase levies to give the building an emergency fund. It's like a nuclear shelter for money. Bernard suggested that increasing levies was probably not the best insurance against people not being able to pay them. We have a nuclear shelter, said Lady Luckby, leaping to her feet, or her foot, what was the gout. It's in the backyard. Now, the front part of the building was constructed in the 1930s or 40s, but the newer, much larger tower was only constructed fairly recently, so this was possible. The meeting was adjourned, and Lady Luckby led us down a maze of passages towards a shelter that we were sure existed only in her gin-soaked imagination. Well, what do you know, the shelter is real. It had survived the construction of the rear tower for the simple reason that it was much more solidly built than the new additions above and around it. It had made more sense to build on it rather than spend weeks trying to remove something that was designed to withstand the collective might of Adolf Hitler, Emperor Hirohito and quite possibly Joe Stalin too. As we returned to the meeting room, we had to pause to assist Miss Tran, who had started to hyperventilate, thinking that she had spiders in her hair. Mr Wilson acted promptly and with ingenuity by offering her a paper bag to breathe into. Had he remembered to remove the remnants of his sandwiches first, he would probably not have needed to heimlich her too. When we got back to the meeting room, Dr Macdonald had a brilliant idea. You know, it would make a damn fine wine cellar for someone, he said. You know, Bernard, offer it up on a first-come, first-served basis, I think would be fair. But Bernard leaned over and saw that Dr MacDonald was drawing up a prototype application form as he spoke, and said, I don't think so. We could use the shelter as a cooler, a solitary confinement cell, said Lady Luckby. You know, for people who smoke on common property or park illegally. Her ladyship has watched The Great Escape every month for the past 35 years, after she was once kissed on the hand by Donald Pleasance. Now that her memory is going, she says, every viewing is like a premiere. Jonathan said he thought we should stock it with tin foods, candles and blankets, just to be prepared, presumably, for the marauding bands of levy dodgers. Elena said that she'd heard on Talkback Radio that Pacific Island nations already have a plan to invade the east coast of Australia when global warming causes the oceans to rise. The already slender credibility of her warning was undermined further when she started talking in little yaps and woofs to a picture of a chihuahua for which the owners of number 604 have requested permission. In the vain hope of finishing before midnight, Bernard moved on to the next item. The owner in 511 is now suing us for not having pursued the developers aggressively enough over defects, namely walls and floors that aren't thick enough to withstand the thunderous suboral rumblings of his surround sound home cinema. Eleanor joked that we should give him the bomb shelter as a media room, and for a few moments we all seriously considered it until she started purring at a picture of a ginger tom kitten that's recently taken up residence in 1505. Bernard then announced that Marcus, her very popular former treasurer, has had his contract in London terminated and has been posted back to Australia. He will be returning to his flat, which is bad news for him, but good news for us, as he could take one of the vacancies on the committee. Lady Luckby said this was an outrage, which surprised us all because she had a soft spot for Marcus and was apparently heartbroken when he left. This may have been because Marcus was a member of a wine club and passed on to her any sweet whites that arrived as part of his monthly allocation. Why do you think this is outrageous? Bernard tentatively inquired. Posting people through the mail? Lady L replied. Poor Marcus. When I was a girl, we came by flying boat to Rose Bay. Bernard was in the midst of explaining that posted meant being given a posting a job, not mailed, when he noticed she'd fallen asleep. That was Dardanelle Towers, written and presented by Jimmy Thompson. For more on high-rise living, go online to flat-chat.com.au.